I've been sharing a word wherever I go to all our churches in Kerecha and uh, Cape Town, and I want to share it here, and I'm going to be sharing uh, parts of this message in Jeffreys Bay and in and, and all our uh, gatherings. And that's because I really feel like I want to end this year with this conversation for you. And I feel like God's put it on my heart to share it, and it's on the topic of how to make space for God. How to make space for God. I can't help but notice that space is getting harder and harder to have. Not just not just talking about like a place to live space. I'm talking about have you ever said to yourself, I just need to, I just I just need some head space. I just need some um, have you ever uh, used the phrase or seen the phrase or heard the phrase that something, good or bad, is living rent free in your mind? Anybody had that experience? Um, production, I just maybe could help me. Uh, it's quite loud on the stage. Is it? Is it loud there? Are you guys feeling okay there? It's quite loud on the stage. Maybe maybe it's just um, me. Um, it does seem loud. Okay, so the, the idea of space. Uh, we've already talked about this, but all all of you and I and I, I saw some of you during worship. I'm not going to mention names, but I'm very tempted to mention names. That while we're worshiping, we're also scrolling through TikTok now. I think that's that's nuts. Uh, have you ever watched <laughs> there? There it stops. Have you ever watched Netflix on one device while simultaneously uh, watching shorts on another device while WhatsApping a friend and going between them? Space is a problem, and maybe space goes deeper than that, and that is the idea that that uh, something is occupying too much space in your mind because you just can't get rid of it. Maybe it's a negative thing. Maybe it's a positive thing. Do you mind if I teach you a Greek word today in pursuit of this conversation, making space for God? Uh, the Greek word is topos. Topos. There it is. That funny squiggle. Uh, it's not a squiggle when they put it on the screen. Is it a, oh, that squiggle, yes, oh, it's there. That squiggle is the letter P in Greek. It really is irrelevant. You don't need to know that information for passing your exams or anything in life, except that this next scripture uses it. Ephesians, sorry, production, I'm going to Ephesians now. Chapter 4, verse 26, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. The word foothold, the Greek word behind that word, because foothold seems like a strange word. We don't often use that word. Um, but the Greek word behind it is topos. And it is the literal meaning, the literal meaning of the word is a place or a space. But it's deeper than that. It means an assigned place. It means don't give the devil or anger an assigned place, real estate, occupying a designated location in your mind or in your heart. And the idea behind that is that if you do that, what will happen is things will occupy or take up residency in your heart and in your mind, and you'll wake up the next morning and you'll go, something's changed. And what's changed is the, the geography or the real estate of your heart and your mind has been invaded uh, by something that shouldn't be there. And when you add all those factors together, you realize why it becomes incredibly difficult to open up enough space for God to occupy. 
We're all overwhelmed by the amount of information we can get, the amount of inf- emotions we can feel, the amount of dreams we might have. We're kind of filled with all of those things. And in the midst of that, we've got to somehow create space for God. And tonight, I, I want to talk to you about how to give God enough space to do something great. Giving God enough space to do something great. It's challenging sometimes in our spiritual journey um, uh, to, to, to leave a space empty. We're not comfortable with empty spaces generally, are we? When things get too quiet, we think it's awkward. When conversations lull, we feel the need to fill them. When there's load shedding, have you noticed how quiet the world gets when there's load shedding? It just seems eerily quiet. By the way, this church service is being run on the newly sponsored generator at Father's house tonight. (laughs) We're in load shedding and everything works, including coffee. I mean, it's just amazing. You wouldn't know it. I just, we're going to thank our kingdom investors. Uh, hundreds of thousands of rands went into making that possible and installing it out there. So thank you, everybody. Really wonderful. We, we find it difficult to create that kind of space and to let God be God. Not only is creating space a challenge because things fill it and because we're uncomfortable with empty spaces, but because the devil wants to occupy space. The devil wants to occupy space. So any space that is left unattended, unled, or unmanaged is definitely going to have the attention of the devil. You have to either lead a space, protect a space, or fill a space deliberately, or your enemy will. I've noticed in my own heart, and really, by the way, it doesn't matter what your status in life is, the devil's going to come and fill your heart with things that shouldn't be there. Married people have the same tests as single people. Rich people have the same tests as poor people. Irrespective of the status of something in your life, and I use all those terms loosely, the devil is after a spot in your heart. And you have to give space to God. And it's not um, popular to give space to God at the moment. It's, it's more popular to fill ourselves up with activity and information in the hopes that we're not quiet too long to fill up space. I have a neighbor, I hope he's not listening, is the service that is not broadcast, so I can say this right now, right? I have a neighbor, he, he, he can be a little, um, he can, um, um, lovely, sort of the earth guy, lovely guy, but just after, like, after a little, like, after help from, um, the castle, um, he gets quite brave, you know. And, and one day I was, I was building something, uh, repairing something, a little drying yard, you know, where you, you put your laundry and all that. And he leant over his balcony and he said, hey, he said, aren't you building too close to the wall? There was always a building there and don't worry, it's all legal. I said to him, no, I, I don't think so. He said, why not? I said, because... It's not even as close as your garage is to my wall. Oh, good point. Good point, he said, went back inside to get dressed. So, my point is that the enemy, your enemy, your spiritual enemy, I'm not saying the neighbor is, your spiritual enemy is going to apply the same rule, hoping you won't notice that he's encroached. He will even challenge you from fully occupying your own space. 
And, and you have a responsibility, a kind of spiritual responsibility to make sure that you don't allow him to do that and you don't allow spaces to be occupied in ways that are unhealthy. God, from the very beginning in the Bible, is a space creator. He created for us the world to live in and for Adam and Eve a garden to take care of. Do you know, I'll read the scripture a little later, but it's, it's not popular anymore these days. It would seem it's not popular for us to have uh, boundaries. It doesn't seem popular to tell people, hey, that's, don't cross that. That's a bad line to cross. We seem to no longer have boundaries about everything. We want anything. We want everything to be super flexible and boundaryless. But can I tell you the danger with that is that you don't know where you can build your great thing in life if you don't know it's yours. So I'm not worried about boundaries in regards to it being a restriction. I like boundaries because boundaries tell me what's mine and what I have responsibility for to steward and what I must kick out of when it sticks its toe over into my space. And it's designated to me by the Lord because the Lord has prepared a place for me and I'm not going to allow it to be unhealthily occupied by something that doesn't belong there. How will I know? How will I know? Everything needs boundaries. There's not a healthy thing in the world that exists in a healthy state if it doesn't have boundaries. I'm always amazed by people concerning boundaries because, and by boundaries I mean lines of yes and no. That's what I mean. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, you know, people are super keen. Don't have any boundaries. Don't restrict me. Don't, you know, don't let religion... Uh, 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 cut off my, my air supply and then you get married and what's the first thing you say when you get married? Forsaking all others. That's my boundary. We're getting married one to the other. Everybody else has got a key to your house must hand it back. Everybody. Your mother, your best friend, your neighbor, everybody got to hand the key back because now there's a new boundary in the house. Can you say amen to that? Sure. That's what it's like. That's a, there's a lot of people clapping in front of their in-laws now. And I, I, I really, I don't know why. I don't know why you've got to be so direct about it. Um, the, the, this is the significance of, of that idea uh, should be obvious. Uh, Acts chapter 17 reminds us that God, and I won't read the whole verse, but I encourage you to read it from verse 24, that God himself marked out our territory and appointed times in history, verse 26, and the boundaries of our space. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him and, through, uh, and, and discover that he's not far from us, for in him we live and move and have our being. The point of that scripture in Acts 17 is just as he was as intentional for Adam and Eve in Genesis to put them in a specific place at a specific time in history with a specific space, God made you for a specific time in a specific place in history with a specific space and you need to occupy your space. And people who don't know what their space is tend to get into everybody else's. That took a bit of turn. You know how you need personal space? You need to create some personal space spiritually. 
things that can be in your personal space and things that can't be. This idea is uh, incredibly important because thing fl things flourish in the space that God has favored you with. And if other rubbish is growing there, then the thing that God had intended to grow, they can't. And I think it's important that we allow ourselves uh, not, not to be free from clutter um, and things that occupy space that, sh that should, shouldn't be there. Do you know, a, a lot of people um, are unhappy. And they think that if they, you think that if you move something external, it'll produce something internal. But I want you to know that uh, apples, trees produce apples and and, and fig trees produce figs. If you're internally unhappy, there is something internal that has to change. If you're externally unhappy, then there's something external that has to change. And it wouldn't be possible to change the one to affect the other. You can't. I'll tell you a really embarrassing story. Would you, would you mind uh, uh, passing me my Nike shoes there? Would you, would you mind, Sibir? Um I've got two pairs there, but I, the one's going home with me and this one, hey? Do you mind? Thank you. I'm going to give these away because they're the wrong size. It's not Cameron's size because I know he's a 10 or something. You're a 10, right? Because you looked in my cupboards before, that's how I know. <laughs> this is actually, I don't know, UK like a seven or something. It's a UK seven, but I'm a UK eight, and I don't know how I made that mistake. I do actually know I made that mistake. I was at a shop, they didn't have my size, but the salesperson was good. <laughs> they said, they said, it'll, it'll. <laughs> it's been a year. My foot is so sore, I have blisters. I've pulled off my toenails. It's not stretchy. Let me, let, me just, let me just tell you, you think it's funny. You think the joke's on me. You think I'm preaching to me now. But you know how many times the devil came to you and said, you know this idea of yours, it's not right, but it's a stretch. It's a stretch, it'll get there. And you saw it doesn't work, and you won't get, out, get, get rid of it and get into the size of space that God has for you. Yeah. You keep stretching an idea in the hopes that it'll work for you. Uh, after the service, somebody who's a size seven can come and... and Right now, someone's going, I just received a blessing from the Lord. <laughs> you see, um, the, the, that, was, uh, that was my embarrassing story of the risk of thinking that something that isn't right will be turned into right. Please, please, don't, please don't do that. Don't be tricked. Something that's wrong can't be turned into something right. It's better to start right then you don't have to do a complicated stretching. Let me tell you what will happen. If you get something in your life that isn't right, the thing doesn't stretch. You stretch. 
Now you're stretched and tired. And the yoke isn't easy and the burden isn't light. And you're fasting and praying, Lord, give me an easy yoke. And, an, uh, uh, and he's going, just get in the right space. You're in the wrong space. And when you're in the wrong space, you bring company into that space. That's wrong for you. And I want to encourage you, if there's an external discomfort, solve it externally. But if there's an internal discomfort, solve it internally. And one of the important qualities of trying to make space for God is making sure that we don't have a spirit of pride that forgets that we should consult the Lord. Production, I know I'm all over the place, and I know the guys in production get very stressed by me not sticking to my notes. I've actually got friends who don't want to serve in production because they're so scared I'll, they'll mess it up. But all is forgiven, the Lord is gracious. Psalm 10. Psalm 10 says this, verse 4. Because he is proud, that person doesn't turn to the Lord. There is no room for God in any of his thoughts. That's how you make space for God. You know, years ago, um, my generation, which is like bef before, like my generation, okay, my generation went online by dialing up into, into the internet. It's an actual sound that your modem made. Any of you remember the dial-up sound, the dial-up tone? Oh, hallelujah. There's a lot of us here. And if you, you, you would log on and then go make coffee. And then when you came back, you were online. Now I watch you guys. They're so upset with the fire. Fire's broken. It's 10 seconds, you know, but back in the day. Anyway, back in that day, uh, uh, the church world, Christians used to have phrases. We all have phrases. We have them now. Uh, back in, that, in those days, people used to say, God willing. What are you doing next year? Well, God willing, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And now after a while, that got dropped. It's not popular to say God willing anymore. Instead, worldly people just say, oh God, at everything. Are you okay? Can we get you some water? Got water? Okay, I wouldn't like to do a complete healing unexpectedly here of the service. If necessary, if necessary, we're good. I, I only told the morning service this joke, so I'm hoping that some of you have not heard it. But if you have, just act like it's funny anyway. A few years ago, a child was very disruptive in the service, and I said, it's really fine, it's really fine. And I found the parent afterwards, and I said, please, your child doesn't bother me. And the parent said, no, you, you bother my child. <laughs> so, oh, you didn't know the joke. I took them off my prayer list now, but that's a different, that's a different emotion. It's still how it's occupying headspace. It's still living rent-free somewhere in my brain. It's living rent-free in my brain. Um, God willing. Do you know the Bible literally says, be careful. You should say, if the Lord wills, tomorrow we will do this or do that. What it's really saying is, have space. I've got my plans, but he's got the controls. Uh, he's allowed to speak to me. You see, uh, the small, still voice can't be heard in the chaos of the tornado that is your current life. 
And so you have to create space and you have to let him occupy that space. And not only that, he must rule in your inner space. Corinthians uh, reminds us, First uh, Corinthians 13, no, um, I beg your pardon, First Corinthians 6 says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God uh, in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The idea there is that um, I must give God real estate in my heart and in my mind. I'm a little worried that the next generation of believers is going to give God too little space, but pray for much bigger things. And I'm worried that that connection isn't going to work. Let me give you the ultimate example of how important that ratio is. It has to do with the children of Israel in the Old Testament crossing over from uh, Egypt into the Promised Land. And God is a bit angry because they made a false god out of a out of jewelry, and they made a, 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 a um, what's it, a calf, uh, um, an image. And God's a bit annoyed. And he says to Moses, look, let's just wipe this generation out, and then what we'll do is we'll start again with cleverer ones. And, and Moses says, you, you please don't do that, because you know what will happen? The people will say the God who took them out of Egypt couldn't get them all the way to the finish line. It's going to be embarrassing. Let's go and sort these same people out. And then God negotiates and says, well, I'll tell you what, okay, okay, fair point. I'll get you there, but I won't go, back, go with you. And do you know what Moses said? If the Lord, if you do not come with us, then we will not go. And what he was saying was better to live in the desert with the peace of God than to live in a palace without the peace of God. I, wa I want you to have the same mindset, which is not to be a nomad, like don't be, have a poverty mindset, but say to yourself, wherever I'm going to go, it'll be because the Lord is with me. I'm never going to pull him out of prominence in order to create for myself prominence. I've got to give God some somewhere to work, somewhere to stay, and somewhere to rule. And I need to create space for God. In the same way that God made space for you and I by creating an Eden, he invites us to make space for him. Psalm 16, my last verse for the night, says this. Lord, you are my portion and my cup. Uh, you make my lot, my space secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Do, do you know... Um, there's an interesting relationship there I want to land on. You, you, you create space for God by making sure nothing else occupies space, by ensuring you don't have pride and that you have your thoughts available to God 
and you create space by making sure wherever you go in life, he's going with you. But there's an interesting conclusion to that psalm that I love so much. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and that he has invited you to sit at his right hand? I don't know if you knew that in Scripture. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and he, he, and he has invited you to be co-heirs seated at his right hand. Do you know what this psalm says? As tight as we are there, Lord, I want you, my God, at my right hand. Lord, I have a space next to you in heaven, but I want you to know, Lord, that you have a space next to me on earth. Oh, that's so important. That relationship is so important. Many Christians are all about they're sitting in heaven and they've got... I don't want to say Satan, but his cousin sitting next to them on earth, whispering, with the Lord at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. That's why your heaven um, posture, your salvation, is not shaken, but everything else on earth is. Because you've got the wrong, perhaps the wrong person at your right hand. I want to encourage you to create boundaries because they're for your benefit on where you can build and build something great. I want to encourage you to give thoughts to the Lord and leave enough space for Him to infiltrate your thoughts. I want to encourage you to make space for God by giving Him highest priority and the final say, so that if you won't come with, you wouldn't go, no matter how good the deal is. And I want to invite you to stop taking an average idea and trying to stretch it into a God idea. Because the only thing that will be stretched is you. And that's not the space God has in mind for you. I said last verse, but I just want to do one more last verse. One more last verse. Can I? I'll tell you what. To convince me to conclude, would you like to stand while I sing this last verse? That'll, that'll help me to reach a conclusion. It's Romans chapter 5. But from the message translation, it says this, we throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he already threw open his doors to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. The point I'm making is, whatever lines of boundary God gave me, it's bigger than the lines I would have made for myself. It's wide open spaces. I'm standing where I'd always hoped, shouting God's praises. I really want to encourage you uh, make room for God and uh, don't be tempted to um, have an assigned place for a thing that doesn't belong there get anger or jealousy or inferiority or insult. just get it out and let God have space got it? should we pray? 
while we're, we're praying and I have a minute, um, I want to invite you to perhaps just acknowledge if you're in a, in a place where you need breakthrough in something tonight in a space like this. Maybe somewhere in your heart, somewhere in your life, there's a there's something that's taken up residency. Maybe to, to use that term again, it's living rent-free in your heart or in your mind and it shouldn't be there. It needs to be evicted. That's the term I'm looking for. You need to evict some things so that you've got space for God. If that's where you're at tonight, I, I really especially want to pray for you. So, oh, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just simply going to invite you to raise your hand and say, I'm actually responding to that. There is something I'm aware of that I want to evict from some space in my life, in my soul, and I need God's strength to do that tonight. I'm going to evict it to create space for God. Would you please raise your hand? I'm going to have you say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so very many. I hope if you feel like the matter's not resolved just in the prayer that you'll come to one of these wonderful people standing up front here who are trained and ready and prayed up and prepared to minister to you. That's the term we use when you have a spiritual need and somebody brings a spiritual gift to give it to you. That term is ministered to you. And I invite you to let that happen. It's how God works. He works through us. But I'd like to pray for that breakthrough right Lord, I, I thank you for, for being a space-creating God. From the very beginning, you took out of nothing and you created a place and you put man in that place and you said, take responsibility for it. These are my boundaries and they're wonderful and they're pleasant. They've fallen on pleasant places. They're not designed to restrict me. They're designed to keep my enemy from stealing my territory. And they're designed to prevent the enemy from sowing weeds and, and unfruitful things in my space. This is my space and I want to steward it with integrity. Tonight, Lord, would you please evict the unwelcomed attitudes, thoughts, ideas, preoccupations, hobbies and habits that have taken up residence. Expel them in Jesus' name. Please create space. In our hearts, Lord, we're inviting you to occupy the most important seat in the house. In Jesus' name we pray. Before, before I sign off, um, if you haven't given a Christ your life, a better term would be if you've, if, if you've never um, handed over the leadership of your life. So I'm in charge of my own life once I'm an adult, but, but actually Christ is in charge of my life when I'm saved. If you've never done that, that's that process of being born again, I guess is the term. It's surrender to the Lordship of Christ. I'd just love to pray with you. So um, whether you listen to this as a podcast later or you're in the room now, I just I just want to take this moment because we may have some young people here I won't see for months. And I don't want you to leave this room or this, this time here or this ministry and be uncertain that you are saved. That would be a failure on our part. If, you, if there's any lingering uncertainty that you're on the outside rather than on the inside in your relationship with the Lord, I'd just like you to raise your hand and say, hey man, just include me in that prayer. I'm signing and sealing that with certainty. 
just long enough for me to see it and I acknowledge it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to stick a prayer up on the screen and you're welcome to open your eyes and read it and just pray that to your own heart and I'll pray it out loud so you don't have to, but nail it down. And and if you pray this prayer and you're kind of wanting to take seriously a journey and you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. We give them for free. Um, and we'll uh, ask you for your details, an email address maybe or a WhatsApp number to invite you to an Alpha next year, a, a 10-week dinner conversation about Jesus. And it's also free um, if you feel like you're missing some part of your of your of the story we'll help you get it but here's what it says that pray dear jesus you said in the bible that whoever hears your words and believes god sent you to set me free from my debts of sin has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life i confess that i believe and receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul and i now cross over from death to life amen and everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship and thanksgiving?